Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Welcome to On The Rock, God's unchanging word for changing times with Dr. Camille Majdali, Director of Teach All Nations Melbourne, Australia. Dr. Camille lived and studied in the Middle East, served as a principal of a leading Bible college and now travels the world teaching God's word. He has an extraordinary knowledge of the Bible and a dynamic ability to make God's truth come alive in a real, practical way. This episode of On The Rock will give you keys to survive and succeed in the days ahead by hearing and doing the words of Jesus. It is a high and holy calling to be called and sent by God. But we also need some specific and practical instructions. In today's program, we're going to hear how Jesus did it with the Twelve. Be prepared for an inspiration and enlargement. Our series is entitled, The Kingly Messiah, Understanding the Gospel of Matthew, Part 1, a verse-by-verse audio commentary, part of our larger Understanding the Bible series. And we want to provide you verse-by-verse commentary of key Bible books so that you can apply God's Word to your life and thereby build it on a rock that will withstand all of life's storms. Our particular lesson is called Instructions for Apostles, based on Matthew chapter 10, verses 9 to 19. Some very interesting things here, and we'll deal with them, as I say, verse by verse, 11 verses in this particular segment, but let's start from the beginning here. Here's a couple of verses, Matthew 10, 9 and 10. It says, Provide neither gold nor silver nor brass in your purses, nor script for your journey, neither two coats, neither shoes, nor yet staves, that's clubs, for the workman is worthy of his meat. What is Jesus saying here? Basically, he's saying, travel light. Don't just bring everything you think you're going to need for the next few months. Just take what you need for now and trust God to provide for what you require while you're traveling. Now, that is really a step of faith. And I have some things to share a little later, my own experience in this regard, because faith pleases God. And if you will live in faith, minister in faith, constantly dependent and trusting God for everything, you will not be disappointed. The same God that provides for heroes of faith in the Bible and provides for Heroes of Faith in Church History, is still providing for people today. He never changes, and he plays no favorites. So yes, travel light. God will supply your needs as you're on the road. He also tells them that when you come to a particular place, stay in only one house until you leave that city. And then he speaks about something very interesting about peace. Put your peace on the house And either the peace will stay on that house or in that town, or it will be retracted. If your message, which is really God's message, is not received by that town or village, you are told to shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. And what we're going to see is Jesus makes a very incredible statement that Sodom and Gomorrah, will have an easier time in the day of judgment than the town or village 
that rejects the gospel message, especially by anointed apostles. There will be pitfalls along the way. You need to be discerning, wise, and harmless. Let me say that again. Because of the pitfalls found in this lost and fallen world, undergirded by the rule of Satan who would do anything to stop you from the mission, you have to be discerning, wise, and harmless. We'll learn more about that shortly. And then Jesus warns about trusting people, because the same people who smile in your face could turn around and betray you just to advance their own position. Nevertheless, people who are representing Jesus could very well stand before rulers and people in authority, and basically they're going to do so to give a testimony about Jesus. We see this totally in operation in the ministry of Paul the Apostle. He was betrayed, he was mistreated, he was in prison, and he got to stand before rulers and tell them the glorious gospel of grace. And then Jesus rounds off his instructions by saying, don't fret or worry or rehearse what you will say if you're called to account for your faith. Don't worry. At the very hour you have to speak, the Holy Spirit will give you the words to say, and you will confound them just as I confounded my adversaries. It's time to read the entire portion, Matthew chapter 10, verses 9 to 19. Our lesson is called Instructions for Apostles. The reference, Matthew 10, 9 to 19. We're listening to the word of the Lord. And this is all in red letters, by the way, so everything you're about to hear are the words of Jesus himself. Provide neither gold, nor silver, nor brass in your purses, nor scrip for your journey, neither two coats, neither shoes, nor yet stays, for the workman is worthy of his meat. And into whatsoever city or town ye shall enter, inquire who in it is worthy, and there abide till you go thence. And when you come into an house, salute it. And if the house be worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it be not worthy, let your peace return to you. And whosoever shall not receive you, nor hear your words, when ye depart out of that house or city, shake off the dust of your feet. Verily, I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents, and harmless as doves. But beware of men, for they will deliver you up to the councils, and they will scourge you in their synagogues, and ye shall be brought before governors and kings for my sake, for a testimony against them and the Gentiles. But when they deliver you up, Take no thought how or what ye shall speak, for it shall be given you in that same hour what ye shall speak. A reading is from Matthew chapter 10, verses 9 to 19, and our lesson is called Instructions for Apostles. Now, if you want to live a cozy, cushy, comfortable, predictable, safe life, the last thing you want to do is go into ministry, especially faith ministry, revival ministry, international ministry, 
you will be in for a great shaking. But having shared that, if God is calling you to such ministry, it would be folly of the highest order to say no to God. Sadly, many do. We know because the scripture tells us many are called and few are chosen. So we want to be chosen by saying yes to when God calls, even if it's something we weren't anticipating or particularly seeking after. It's always a wise thing to say yes to God, and it's always a foolish thing to say no. So the very beginning, Matthew 10, verse 9, travel light. Jesus is about to turn his followers, who were called disciples, into apostles, who are people being sent out and empowered by God. Their purpose is to preach the gospel and to do so with signs following. First, he tells the twelve apostles to go only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Preach to them about the kingdom of heaven being at hand. Then heal the sick and cast out devils. Now, Jesus apparently tells them to pack light. Don't take gold, silver, or brass, or double foot or body wear, or clubs. Everything that they need will be given to them while they're on the journey. God provides. The reason is that the workman is worthy of his food, his hire, his necessities of life. Beneficiaries of the ministry who have received the priceless bounty of spiritual things need to return the favor by providing materially and monetarily for the apostles who have served them so well and so faithfully. One of my first ministry trips, it was absolutely unforgettable, was to Africa. I was newly married and we went together, I and my wife. We were given return airfares to East Africa, and we were given $1,000 spending money. We would be gone approximately six weeks. Now, you would think that Africa being part of the developing world, $1,000 would be sufficient, that expenses would be cheap. Well, no, it wasn't. In the very first place we landed, and it was only in transit, we had to take 300 of that $1,000 and spend them for transit visas. There was nothing else. So now we're left with $700 to last us for the next six weeks. Then, of course, on top of that, when we finally get to our first destination in East Africa, we found that the hotel accommodation was very, very pricey. So we tried to find something more affordable. And even that was overpriced. It was much cheaper but it was something I wasn't prepared to pay and would not have been able to pay over a six-week period. Besides, I was going with my wife to other countries, at least four different nations in East Africa. At one point, we checked out of the high-priced youth hostel-style accommodation, and we didn't have anywhere to go. We were literally walking the streets of that capital city. And look, uh, security wasn't the best. It had high crime, but it was the middle of the day. I even went to one particular church thinking they always have a bed, they're very charitable, and the priest said, nope, can't help you at all. Continued to walk the streets. Somebody who saw us in the church service called us in and said we could stay on the floor of their house for a few days. So we did that. Well, you know what? God turned everything around. And we were taken to a missionary house, and the missionary house was upmarket even by Western standards, let alone African. 
We met a diplomat of that country. He also happened to be a Christian, and he opened doors for us. And then when we went to the other places, God also provided accommodation for us, as well as food. We returned back to our starting place after the six weeks. We may have had $50 left over. God provided all our needs in a place where it's not even certain that all the locals' needs will be provided, but ours was. What God has done for us, what God has done for others, he will also do for you. He is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Then in Matthew ten eleven, one stop stay. They were instructed as apostles, when you arrive in a city, ask who is worthy and stay with him or her until you leave that town. Don't move from house to house. It can be, cause great resentment from your first host And also it's time-consuming, packing and unpacking and so on. So stay in one place until you leave that area. Then in Matthew 10, 12, the salutation. Salute the house that has graciously received you. That's, of course, should go without saying. But it's not just saluting. You're going to be blessing that house, blessing them when you come in and blessing them when you go out. Remember that when Jacob the patriarch, met Pharaoh. When he first arrived at Pharaoh's throne room, he blessed Pharaoh. They had a conversation, perhaps not long, and when the audience was finished and Jacob was ready to leave the throne room of Pharaoh, what did he do? He blessed him. Isn't that amazing? When Jacob and his sons came to Egypt, it started with blessing. 400 years later, when Pharaoh a new Pharaoh that didn't know Joseph, finally expelled Moses and the children of Israel. What were the last thing that Pharaoh said to Moses as they were departing? Go and worship the Lord as you have said, and bless me also. So the sons, or so Jacob and his children blessed Egypt when they came, and then the successors, that's Moses and the children of Israel 400 years later, they blessed Pharaoh when they left. Bless the house where you're staying. Bless the town. And okay, fair enough. If the house is worthy, your peace will come on it. If the house is not worthy, your peace will return to you. Now, apparently, not everyone will happily receive the good news of Christ and the kingdom. In the event that a house or city refuses to listen and rejects the gospel, Apostles are told to shake off the dust of that town from off their feet. This is a sign that the town had their chance. They could have been redeemed, but they blew it. Any further connection with such a town will not happen, and they'll be treated like any heathen city. From there, Jesus makes the remarkable statement, Matthew ten fifteen, that Sodom and Gomorrah will have an easier time in the day of judgment than for the Israelite town that rejected the gospel. Why? Because the Israelite town, particularly these Galilean towns where Jesus was based and ministered, were given solid confirmation of the gospel through authoritative words and anointed actions. And yet, they refused to repent, like Capernaum, 
Bethsaida, and Chorazin. Sodom never had that advantage, and hence it will be judged less harshly than the cities that reject the preaching of the gospel. There will be pitfalls, Matthew ten sixteen. The apostles will be sent out into a war zone where there are plenty of wolves, and they will be like the sheep. What is the strategy? Be wise as serpents, which means to be shrewd, cunning, and make yourself a small target. But also be harmless as doves. Doves are innocent and simple, and this may be a reference of their relationship to purity and towards the power of God, because after all, a dove is one of the symbols of the Holy Spirit, along with wind, water, fire, oil, and wine. So it's better to trust in God than in people. Matthew ten seventeen, Jesus warns them, Beware of men. Wise as a serpent comes in handy when dealing with the duplicity of people, who smile in your face, but yet can knife you in the back. Beware of them, for they will not be loyal. Rather, they will, if given the chance, deliver you to the councils. The council can here be the Sanhedrin, and they can whip you in the synagogues. Peter, John, and Paul all experienced scourging while in the ministry. Matthew 10.18, Nevertheless, despite the persecution, the persecution will lead them before rulers. Jesus warns the apostles they will stand before governors and kings for his sake, as a testimony against them and against the Gentiles. Now, this happened to Paul more than once in the book of Acts. Though Jesus has all authority, he chooses the road of meekness by sending wise, harmless apostles to proclaim the gospel. At this time, he doesn't impose his rule on this impenitent world. He gives them a chance to hear and repent first. Then we have the advice of Matthew ten nineteen, our final verse for this lesson, spontaneous speech. If you stand before the high and mighty, don't worry, fret, or rehearse in advance what you will say in your defense. The words you need to say will be given you in that very hour on the spot through the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Now, our lesson is called Instructions for Apostles. And our lesson for life is this. You can only have peace and give it to others if you receive it directly from the Prince of Peace. And for that matter, that applies to every good and perfect gift. Remember to visit us at our Facebook page, Teach All Nations Education, and thank you for liking our page. You can also go to our homepage to subscribe to the free monthly Issachar Teaching e-letter, giving you future-ready advice in your inbox with articles about the Bible, victorious living, and current events in the light of God's Word. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you through Jesus that we are more than conquerors in Him. Help us to apply these principles where possible in our lives, trusting you at all times, knowing that whoever puts all their trust in you will never be forsaken, will never make haste, and never be put to shame. We praise you and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Today's On The Rock was brought to you by Teach All Nations. If you would like more information about this ministry, to download podcasts, view our online store, attend special events, sign up for our teaching newsletter, make a donation to support this ministry, or to invite Dr. Camille to speak, log on to www.tan.org.au or write to us at Post Office Box 493, Mount Waverley 3149. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.